Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Gestational Diabetic. I'm your host, Tracy Houston, and I am here to inform you and empower you so that you can be a confident member of your healthcare team. As a medical disclaimer, none of this information can be used to diagnose or treat any medical condition. If you feel as though you're experiencing any problems with your health, please discuss them with your healthcare team. Today, we're talking all about testing for gestational diabetes, the alternatives, whether or not it's necessary, answering all the commonly asked questions and commonly Googled questions. So let's start off with the obvious is, do I have to drink that drink? Do I have to test for gestational diabetes? Well, no, you don't. Nothing is obligatory in your healthcare. Everything is your decision. And that's really important to say because a lot of times, especially as women, we are pressured into making decisions for our health or we're told that something is mandatory when it's not. Every single procedure or um, treatment or anything in healthcare is elective. That means that it is your personal choice and you can decline anything that you want for any reason. Now, that being said, should you test for gestational diabetes? Absolutely. Why? Because insulin resistance is a natural part of pregnancy. It happens in every single pregnancy, whether someone gets diagnosed with gestational diabetes or not. And that's why it takes place during the uh, late second trimester, because that's normally the time when insulin resistance sort of kicks into high gear. And so there are reasons to test for gestational diabetes, and there are there's reasons and research behind why it's done the way that it's done, when it's done, and everything included. And not only that, but your doctor's appointments are all about checking on you and your baby to make sure that your health, your pregnancy is progressing well, that you guys are healthy and everything is okay. And that's just what the test does. The test is not a test to see if you pass or fail, like it's a grade on your health or a grade on, you know, you being a good mom in pregnancy or any or whatever like that. It's nothing like that. It is a test to see if you are experiencing these problems that don't show themselves readily on the surface. So we just want to make sure that you're doing well and that the baby is doing well. And the only way to test that is through getting a blood test, you know, seeing what's going on on the inside because it's not going to show itself on the outside all the time, all the time. Um, a lot of symptoms with diabetes go unnoticed and especially in pregnancy because things like excessive thirst or excessive urination, those things are common in pregnancy. So getting tested for gestational diabetes is not mandatory, but it is very beneficial. And in my personal opinion, it should be done. Because if your child was in danger, wouldn't you want to know so that you could do everything within your capability to get that to get your child back into a safe place? That's exactly what this is doing. You are testing your blood sugars to see if your child is experiencing uh, high glucose, which is potentially dangerous to them. And if they are, it's better that you know sooner rather than later, because you can take preventative measures, or you can start treating yourself for it. You can do whatever that is necessary to bring your glucose levels down 
so that you guys are safe and that everything goes well for the rest of your pregnancy. Because glucose levels directly correlate to increased complications in pregnancy and labor. So, you know, of course, everybody wants to have this beautiful labor, worry-free, pain-free, you know, complication-free and all that. And the only way, the best way of getting as close to that as possible is to know what's going on with your body. And when a problem does arise, we address it and we get it under control. In fact, when you're done with this episode, go ahead and go back to episode four, which is Jordan's birth story and take a listen to it. Jordan was, um, she failed her glucose test, but she didn't know it. And so she had, um, I believe it was at least six weeks of unmanaged blood sugar, of high blood sugars that went unmanaged. And as a result, uh, she ended up having complications and her son now is um, between one and two years old, and he's still experiencing, experiencing issues with his glucose. So that um, Jordan just came on to kind of share her, her story to let moms know that, you know, everything that you go through with gestational diabetes, yeah, it sucks. It does. It sucks, you know, but there is good to it because what you're doing is you're protecting your baby and you're making sure that everything um, goes well with him, not just in pregnancy, but after pregnancy as well. So if you can go ahead and listen to episode four. And not to belabor the point, but also you should know that even mildly high blood sugar is linked to complications in pregnancy. And when I say mildly high blood sugar, I'm talking about blood sugar that is um, a little bit elevated, but still doesn't hit that threshold to be diagnosed with gestational diabetes. So people who are in that range, let's, let's just call it like pre-gestational diabetes or something, even though that's totally not a technical term or a medical term. Um, but people who are in that range, they, um, studies have shown that those mildly high blood sugars directly, uh, correlate to an increased number of complications in pregnancy. And things that come as a result of that are stuff like uh, maybe heart defects or some kind of, you know, birth defect. Um, uh, your baby might be a little larger than the average baby, which, you know, can happen really in any pregnancy. Large babies don't just happen in gestational diabetes pregnancies. I wish everybody knew that. And um, also your, um, your child can have higher glucose levels when they're born and that can persist. But before you guys freak out, don't get scared. This is just information. It's not to say that if you have, you know, two unmanaged blood sugars or not two unmanaged, but if you have two high blood sugar readings a week that your child is going to, you know, get a rush of sugar and he's going to grow big and, you know, all this other stuff, that it does, it does not mean that. Everybody's situation is different. Everyone's situation is, is different. So don't take any of this um, and think that, oh, if I don't, if I don't have every single reading like way under what the, the cutoff is, then I'm gonna end up having an unhealthy baby. No, that's not it. Say it with me right now. Say my baby will be healthy. I will have a healthy baby and I will have a great pregnancy and labor and birth. Okay, so we're gonna answer all the question words. We already covered the what of what we're talking about, right? It's the gestational diabetes test. So we're gonna cover the who, where, when, why, how, 
I think that's everything. <laughs> so I think I already said it, um, the when you test for gestational diabetes between 24 and 28 weeks of gestation. And like I said, the reason for that is just because that's normally when they notice that insulin resistance kind of kicks in and starts becoming problematic. But again, insulin resistance is a natural part of pregnancy. It happens in every single pregnancy. And who should get tested, right? Again, nothing is mandatory in your healthcare, but if you are pregnant, well, you have to be pregnant, right? Um, you, should, you should get tested for gestational diabetes just because it is a health check. That's all it is. It's a health check to make sure that things are progressing well with you and with baby and that you guys are on par for the course. But if you already have diabetes before pregnancy, if you were already diagnosed, with diabetes, there's no need to test for gestational diabetes because you're already, hopefully you're already treating your diabetes, but um, you know, you'll, you'll have to continue your logging and treatment and whatever else you do to manage your diabetes in pregnancy. Now, when it comes to where you get tested, there's actually more than one place. Of course, we know our doctor's office, but there are third-party testing centers for people who, um, you know, just want maybe an independent uh, party, if, if, you know, no matter, I don't know, maybe it's a crazy situation or whatever, and you want an independent party, or you want to get a second opinion, but you don't want to ask your doctor for it, or your doctor won't let you get tested again or something like that. Um, but you would have to pay out of pocket, but it's, it's not super expensive. Um, I believe it's, I want to say under $200 and um, it, it's based on your location, but there are centers that do that. And so I will link to that in the show notes. And then how do you get tested for gestational diabetes? There's more than just one way and you should know your options. So the, the standard test is an oral glucose tolerance test, right? It's called the OGTT, oral glucose tolerance test. And what that is, is it's a sugary drink. It's a little drink of water and sugar, a ton of sugar, and um, some kind of flavoring, flavoring additives and dyes and whatever else they put in drinks that's totally unnecessary for preservation, right? The drinks come in different flavors and it's pretty well agreed upon that the orange flavor is the worst. It's disgusting. And uh, that the lemon lime flavor is probably the better one um, out of all of them. And so, and actually the lemon lime flavor was developed based on feedback from mom saying, hey, this stuff is, this is gross. You gotta cut it out, right? And um, so they developed the lemon lime flavor so that there would be less side effects with drinking the drink and also so that it would be more easily digestible and you know not not as nauseating or um, off-putting so you would be in less uh, discomfort uh, drinking the the lemon lime flavor and that is actually I mean they achieved that that's what mom's report is that there there are less side effects and less discomfort with the lemon lime flavor but of course, everyone has their preference. Some people have said they actually preferred the orange uh, drink, so who knows? But yes, worldwide, the OGTT is the accepted standard for testing for gestational diabetes. 
However, there are different health organizations based on your, your country and your region, and they have their own guidance and um, regulations concerning testing for gestational diabetes. So that's why some moms will say that they got diagnosed um, with a certain number and another mom didn't. And it's because they go to two different doctors and their doctors are a part of two different um, health organizations and communities and they're regulated by two different agencies. So that's why it seems like there's a lot of conf conflict within the community about, you know, which number is right and which number isn't. And it's just that we have these agencies and they conduct their own research and then they use research from other people, other agencies throughout the world. And they have their team of scientists and doctors and everyone else who um, compile this data and make recommendations based on what they think is right and concerning that data. So let's talk about the test because yes, the OGTT is considered the worldwide standard. However, there are different criteria with, within that standard. So there is a one hour test and a three hour test. So what happens with the one hour test is that you will be given a, a glucose drink and you're supposed to drink it before you come into your doctor's appointment. What you, what you have to do is drink the drink within 10 minutes from the first sip to the time you finish the drink, it has to be done within 10 minutes. And then one hour after you finish the drink is when your doctor will test your blood sugar, probably in the office, just in the office, a little finger prick. And, you know, they have just a regular glucose meter like we do at home. And uh, they'll test your, your glucose to see what it is. Now with this test, with the one hour test, this is not a fasting test. In fact, um, it's better that you do eat a meal because then you're not just having this huge rush of glucose in your system, uh, you know, especially if it's like midday or something like that. I mean, it's just so many things can go wrong with that. So you eat a meal as you normally would. And that's the other thing about this, guys. Again, this is not a pass or a pass or fail test to see how good I'm doing at something. No, this is a test to see if you are if your body is performing as it should, and it's not a grade on your health. It's not to give you a trophy or to give you a slap on the hand. Eat as you normally would. Don't try to eat something healthy because then it's going to give you um, a false reading because it's not an accurate representation of your everyday life. So when you're doing the one hour test, you want to eat a meal like you would normally eat. If you would normally eat ice cream at that time of day, then eat your ice cream and then take this uh, glucose test. And then you will have a much more accurate reading and picture overall of what's going on in your body than, at, than if you would, um, have eaten a salad and you know grilled chicken, just trying to be healthy. Now the three hour test is a little bit different. The three hour test is done off of fasting. So if you are going to do a three hour test, um, I know in it depends on where you live or it depends on your doctor's preference or whatever, but some people don't even do the one hour test. They just go directly to the three hour test, which is the fasting test. And then um, some other, 
offices and agencies, they do the two-step method, which is to do the one-hour test first. And if you, um, if you fail that one-hour test, then you'll go on to do the three-hour test. But um, if, you, if you pass the one-hour test, then you, you just go undiagnosed. So, but with the three-hour test, you need to fast for at least eight hours, eight or more hours. And so that's why it's best to get an early appointment, the earliest you can, because if you are fasting from the time, let's say you eat dinner, which let's say dinner is at eight o'clock at night, and you can't get in to get your glucose checked until 2 p.m. the next day, um, that's going to suck for you big time. You are going to be hungry, hangry. You're going to be hangry. Okay. And you're going to have, um, you're, you're likely going to be lightheaded and dizzy at some point in the day. And it's just, it's not a good look. Okay. So try to book the, the earliest appointment that you can and also bring with you a snack and water. No, you cannot eat it during the test. You can't, but when you're done with that test, you are going to be ready for something because think about it. They're, they're giving you this glucose drink. You haven't eaten in however many hours, let's say eight to 12 hours you have not eaten. And now you're, they're giving you this glucose drink. So you're going to get this dump of glucose into your system. And so you're going to feel okay, probably like the first hour, hour and a half. And then after that, you're going to crash and it's going to suck. You're going to be hungry. You're going to be thirsty and um, you're going to need something. And in fact, I remember when I did my three hour test in my second pregnancy, I was so anxious to get something in my system when I was walking out of that office. And I was like, man, they really should have, you know, given some kind of um, advice, like a pro tip or whatever, to say, yes, you should bring water with you or, you know, have something there for me to grab because hello, I'm pregnant and you know how this stuff works. You know better than I do how this stuff works. And so, um, so yeah, definitely make your appointment first thing in the morning and bring with you a snack and water so that you can eat it after they take your last glucose. And um, so yes, for the three hour test, what will happen is you'll go in, you, you cannot eat, you'll be fasting, you'll go in and they will take your, your blood sugar. They'll take your blood and that is the baseline that they're gonna base all of this off of. And so after they take your blood the first time, you'll drink your drink. Again, it has to be uh, completely consumed within 10 minutes. And then every hour on the hour for three hours, they are going to take your glucose again. So altogether, you're going to um, get pricked four times and have your blood tested. And it's not an immediate uh, result like it was in your doctor's office. This will be something that, you know, they have to send down to the lab and they analyze and then it comes back. Um, I don't know, however, maybe two days later, a week later, something like that. How do you actually get diagnosed? When you take your test, let's say you're taking the one hour test. These are the cutoffs. After testing your blood sugar after one hour, if your reading is 140 or more, then that's when you'll proceed to the two hour test. But some doctors have been saying that if your reading is 200 or higher, then you're just diagnosed. There's no reason to do the, the three-hour test. I said three-hour test before, right? That's what I meant, three-hour test. Okay, and then for the three-hour test, they're saying that your fasting numbers should be no more than 94. Your one-hour reading should be 179 or less. 
Your two hour reading should be 154 or less and your three hour reading should be 139 or less. And to get diagnosed off of the three hour glucose test, two of your readings, any two of your readings, it doesn't matter which ones, if any, of, if any two of your readings are higher than what is suggested, then you'll be diagnosed. Now, if you've been researching about diabetes and gestational diabetes, you've probably seen that there's a lot that influences your blood sugar. And so that said, there's a lot that can go wrong with this test that can yield false results. And um, for example, earlier I mentioned eating a salad and grilled chicken or you know, eating what you would consider to be a healthy meal as opposed to eating what you're normally eating and then taking the test, that's going to yield a, a false result, whether it's good or bad, or you know, whether it's pass or fail or diagnosed or undiagnosed, whatever, it's still going, it's still going to yield a false result because it wasn't um, natural, right? And so, uh, so much contributes to blood sugar on a daily basis, your stress level, your water intake, your, uh, your sleep, you know, so much goes into it. So depending on what's going on with you that day, what you ate that day, everything else, it's very easy to get an inaccurate result from this glucose test. And although it is the worldwide approved method, there's still a lot of room for error there. So there are some alternatives to taking the oral glucose test. And hey, maybe you, don't, you just don't wanna take it because you don't wanna have to be forced to drink that disgusting drink, which is totally understandable. Uh, some reasons that moms choose to go an alternative route are because they don't wanna drink the drink or some, some moms have had to drink it before and they ended up vomiting it up before their testing period was done. And so their tests was just completed, completely voided and they had to go back and reaccomplish it. So that means that they had to force it down again and hopefully keep it down that time. You know, um, other things are, you know, there are side effects that come with it, known side effects, and it causes discomfort. There are toxins and dyes in that and there's a really good it's a very lengthy article to read but um there there's a natural woman women's health doctor who uh wrote a very good article about the 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 stuff that they put in the ogtt glucose drinks so i will link to that as well um and then yeah i mean having to drink it in 10 minutes may not sound like it's a hard thing to do but it is tough i had i found myself having to chug it at the very last second what was left of it because I just couldn't believe so much time had passed and um, I'd only had so little of it because it is very hard to do when it's just so nasty. So some alternatives and in fact the best alternative is to get tested in your first trimester with your HbA1c. Now chances are you're already past that, you're in your second trimester. And so it's, it would be ineffective to test your HbA1c right now because you've already passed that period. But you should know for future pregnancies or you know, just to help out another mom when you see her or when you find out that she's pregnant is that <clears throat> testing your HbA1c for high glucose levels in the first trimester is 
over 95% accurate in predicting a gestational diabetes, diabetes diagnosis later in pregnancy. So it, let's say you are still in your first trimester and you go in for your regular doctor's appointment and at that doctor's appointment, they do your blood work. You know, they want to check levels and see whatever they see, right? Most doctors don't check for the HbA1c at that time, even though it's as simple as them checking a box when they put in the order. That's all they have to do. They don't have to take any extra blood from you or you don't have to do anything super, super um, special for it. You just get that box checked off and you, um, you get your results back. And what that is, is a picture of your blood sugar for the past three months. So it's a very good way to find out if maybe you were already experiencing high blood sugar before getting pregnant. And it's also a great indicator to know if you're likely going to have increased blood sugar as you progress in pregnancy. Again, as you progress in pregnancy, it is very normal. It's a normal part of pregnancy for your, your insulin resistance to become greater. And even though doctors don't test for that, it is highly recommended because it's such an accurate indicator of whether or not you're going to have gestational diabetes later. Later, the American Diabetes Association, as well as the International Association of Diabetes and Pregnancy Study Group, as well as the Hyperglycemia and Adverse Pregnancy Outcome Study, they all recommend testing your fasting plasma glucose, glucose in all women at their first prenatal visit. Why? Because increased blood sugar levels are linked to complications in pregnancy. I cannot say it enough. Even if you don't get diagnosed with, that, with gestational diabetes, that does not mean that you can just eat whatever you want or that, you know, you should go eat half of a cake to celebrate or, you know, whatever like that because blood sugar in pregnancy is that important. It's, it's very important to your health and the health of your baby, um, both now and long-term to keep your levels under control. But you should know that just because you test for it in your first trimester and you go undiagnosed, that does not excuse you from testing at the 24 to 28 week period. And that's because, again, insulin resistance gets, late, uh, gets worse later in pregnancy. Uh, are you sick of me saying that yet? But just because you don't have it when you first test at your prenatal visit, that does not mean that you're, you're not going to get it in pregnancy. All it means is that it's giving us kind of a heads up of, of what's going to happen. So you're if you're having increased levels then, then you might be diagnosed or you might need to just um, start, you know, doing some mild treatment. So, for example, like uh, drinking more water or maybe getting a little bit more exercise or maybe uh, it might require cutting back on some of the carbs or eating healthier carbs so that you can um, just kind of maintain instead of having your levels, you know, explode and, and go crazy. And then at the, if you are diagnosed based on that first trimester test, you don't have to take the glucose test at your um, 24 to 28 week mark period. You, you just, you're diagnosed, right? So you would continue on the, the entire pregnancy as having a gestational diabetes diagnosis. 
But if you do not get diagnosed when you're tested in the first trimester, then yes, you are still, um, it is still, I'm, I, was, I was about to say you are still required, but that's not true. It is still uh, very, very highly recommended that you take the OGTT when, it, um, when the time comes around at that 24 to 28 week period. Okay, so testing your first trimester is one alternative. The second alternative is jelly beans. Jelly beans are an approved method. And um, you just have to talk with your doctor about how many jelly beans equal the amount of glucose in the drink. And uh, some doctors don't accept it. And um, I mean, they have their reasons for it, but it actually is an approved alternative method. So um, if I'm, I don't know, maybe if you brought the, I'll link to the research. If you brought the research to them and said you want to do it, hopefully they won't shoot you down on it. And then um, another method is also self-monitoring at home. And in fact, this is probably the best method because just like the A1C test, it's giving you a picture of a period of time. So let's say that you, you monitor yourself at home, you log your food and you log your blood sugars, you test them and log them for a two week period. That's giving you an accurate idea of, you know, what, what are you eating? Is it actually good for your blood sugar? What effect is it having on your blood sugar? And again, this is a method that's not widely accepted um, because technically the OGTT is the, um, the worldwide standard, but it is a better alternative, really, all things considered, it is a much better alternative. And so I, it, you know, if you, if you wanna try an alternative, discuss it with your doctor and hopefully they're on the same page as you. All right, and so now I just have a list of some very commonly asked questions. And so it's just gonna be a real quick fire. I'll shoot these answers off. <clears throat> a lot of people want, a lot of moms wanna know what is the normal blood sugar level for a pregnant woman? Okay, so normal blood sugar level for a pregnant woman, fasting in the morning is 71. Uh, one hour after a meal is 109 and two hours after a meal is 99. So, you know, considering that that's normal and our cutoffs are like what, 95, 130 and 120, uh, you know, that's pretty generous actually when you think about it. So, um, so yeah, those are the, the normal levels for pregnant women. Uh, can you brush your teeth before a glucose test? Yes, you can. That has nothing to do with your, with your, the sugar in your blood. Can I drink water before the test? Your doctor will let you know. Um, again, it depends on the type of test that you're taking. Um, a fasting test, some doctors don't allow you to drink water and some doctors do. I don't, I don't know, I don't know, it's all on them. So ask, can I drink water after drinking the glucose drink? Nope, until your testing period is over, you are not allowed to consume anything else. This next question is a really trippy type question. Um, it says, how do I prepare for my one hour glucose test? Again, guys, and even I, I saw that a doctor handed out a little flyer to a mom to say, you know, this is how you prepare and suggested that she eat a certain type, type of meal. No, this is not a test that you prepare for. This is not a test to get a grade on health. This is a test to see if you need some kind of intervention to help you and or your baby. 
That's all it is. The pass or fail simply means diagnosed or undiagnosed. It does not mean, yay, I'm healthy or, you know, I suck at life. (laughs) It is pass or fail to know whether or not you should continue to monitor yourself. But with your one hour test, yes, you should still eat before taking it and eat as you normally would. Don't try to change anything up because we want an accurate picture. For your three hour test, which is your fasting test, no, you should not eat. Other than that, guys, there is no preparation, none. Be your normal, regular, everyday self. And then finally, people wanna know if they can test um, at home. And like I said, yes, um, if you're not looking to, or if you're looking to take a test outside of your doctor's office, there are third-party testing sensors. And excuse me, you can also self-monitor at home by, you can buy a glucose monitor at any drugstore and uh, test your sugars. And you can also keep a food log and see what sugars are affecting you, which ways, I'm sorry, which foods are affecting you in different ways. Okay, guys, I hope that was helpful for, uh, helpful to you. Everything that I mentioned that required uh, the backing of research, I will be sure to link to in the show notes. If you guys want to add anything or if you have any more questions, go ahead and leave a comment um, at the bottom of the show notes and I'll be sure to address that. I hope you guys are doing well and that you are truly enjoying this time, even though you're having to worry about carbs and all that stuff. I just, I hope that you're doing well and that your family is well and healthy and that everyone is just kind of hopefully getting over this, this mayhem that has been 2020 thus far. So I'm sending you lots of love. I'll talk to you later, guys. Thank you.